Schule. Oh, ja, sehr schön. My this title. Maybe in Osaka? When well, I don't know, but I want less with you and Bushi. Three-way idol GP. Junior heavy weight single match. Hello everyone and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone especially Hiromi Takahashi. I hope he gets well soon. And uh, except Scott Morrison. Uh, he's the Prime Minister of Australia, and he's a fucking dick. So screw that guy. My name is Luke, or Grumpy Electric Boogaloo, whichever one you want to call me. And uh, with me is my co-host, Mr. Andy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy, and hello, Grumpy 2 Electric Boogaloo. You know, I, I'm going to shorten that to Grumpy. Like, I'm not going to say right. that whole thing every time. So if you think, that's okay. you know, if you think I'm going to do that, you can fuck off. No one, no one says the whole, the whole name. <laughs> Makes me cry and so, nah, it's all good. <laughs> all right, everyone. We are a New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast. We also swear, so uh, be aware of that. And today we're covering the last two nights of Cat Attack, Night 5 and Night 6. And it's a nice little show today because, uh, well, we, we we thought we'll, we'll either do these two in a nice little short show or we'll combine them all into one big mega show. But, uh, you know, three hours is a bit, a bit tricky to sit down for. That's for Wrestle you know. Kingdom only. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the only problem is, dude, I wish we did this on, like, Saturday afternoon, like, uh, long, so we could get all the bad stuff out of the way first, but that's okay. That's all right. Uh, yeah. We have some two interesting nights of, well, I say interesting, but they're not really. There's two nights of Cat Attack, which is everyone Castle Attack. But if you look at the hashtag, yep, you'll see why we call it Cat Attack. <laughs> Plus, it's funny. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Oh man, that Cat Attack photo you made, by the way, uh, is still my wallpaper. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll post that again if people haven't seen that. That's going to be the episode artwork, of course, for the next few episodes until we get through this weekend. That's right. Just everyone, if you feel so inclined, there's an email, neveropenpod at gmail.com for any uh, types of spoken mails. Put that weirdly. You can give us voicemails or just normal emails, is what I'm saying. Or you can contact us on the Tweety. I am Grumpy2EB. And uh, Mr. Andy is at Drusifer Tweets. Or we're collectively at Never Open Pod. So uh, if you put on a New Japan show on one night, there is a good chance that uh, one of us, uh, usually me, because Mr. Andy will have to get up at ungodly hours multiple times a week. Uh, but usually one of us is online and uh, chatting up a storm with uh, anyone around. So 
join us, contact us, whatever. Or just listen to us. I don't care. Well, I care. I mean, yes, I do care. Yeah, uh, I care. Do, and, and do those things. Send yeah. us emails every day, god damn it. Uh, send us 100 emails. We'll read every single one. Uh, we won't. But, uh, yeah, in fact, <laughs> you know, we got no emails for the show, and that's fine. And we haven't had a review on iTunes for, a couple, you know, like about a month or maybe longer. And so uh, I'm opening up the sticker pin giveaway thing again. The next person that leaves us a review on iTunes, send me a proof of it uh, to the Never Open Pod. Uh, you can DM us on there or just post it, you know, so everyone can see. It doesn't matter. And uh, I will send you a free sticker or pin. And everyone who's gotten something like this knows that I don't just send that. I always send something a little extra, too. Now, if you email in and you say the magic word, which we're not going to say until the very end of the show. If you don't know, I yell something weird and random at the end of every episode. So yeah, in it's order- usually after I say, in Gato, we trust. Yes, and, and I will we'll usually something. say some weird shit. Uh, this week, you have to you, you have to uh, you know write us an email and include that in the email, and we will send you a free sticker or pin or maybe, who knows, something else. Indeed. So do that, everyone. And look, they stick as rule. Uh, I've got one of those uh, never open uh, podcast stickers on my uh, travel coffee mug. And I thought, you know, this might stick. And then I might have to. But nah, it's stuck on proudly onto my uh, coffee cup. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, your coffee looks never as fuck and it tastes never as fuck, too. That's right. It sure does. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) that's good, by the way, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't, I have no idea what to say to that. But yeah. (laughs) So, yes. uh, Do we have any gimmicks, Mr. Andy? Did you have a Kojima tweet? Uh, There is no Kojima tweet this week, but there's some neat things. I mean, we got some news. Obviously. You know, you mentioned the Hiromu injury, which we're going to talk about in oh detail. My God, probably so fucking yeah, devastating. This, this sucks ass, but um, yeah, that's big news. But I mean, I can't believe you haven't been messaging me about this all week because I think that Luke, you missed the biggest news of the week. This might be the biggest news in New Japan right. Pro Wrestling since Wrestle Kingdom. Okay. And the uh, you know, I was perusing social media and I saw. One of our favorite um, announcers, uh, a guy by the name of Gino Gambino, is in Japan. Are you fucking serious? I am dead serious, and there's a real good chance he's going to be on Cat Attack. I don't know for sure, but he will be back on commentary very soon. So that is uh, that is you know big big news, and we are big fans of Gino. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. Oh, that's really cool. Hey, if if there's a chance that uh, Mr. Gino Gambino is in Japan, is it too much to ask that maybe they flew in the Sniper of the Skies as well? It's possible. It's possible. They need some juniors right now. They need lots of wrestlers right now. So They, if, they really do. Anybody coming in would be very welcome right now because they're giving Yes. Yeah, everyone's like, 
I wonder who else will show through the forbidden door. And New Japan's just like, are you fucking serious? We need our wrestlers right now. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Finjuice can't come down. So, uh, yeah, that can turn up. So go for it. (laughs) It's anyone walking through the forbidden door out of Japan is like the uh, Grandpa Simpson meme where he walks in and puts the hat on and walks right back out. So (laughs) I feel like that's what Kenta did. He he walked in, uh, had a match. uh, That was it. But, um, yeah, so that match will be my Saturday afternoon, uh, New Japan Strong. It'll be the first Strong I've watched in, well, months, really. Yeah, we have to yeah. watch that. Um, so, yeah, we'll be, I'll be live tweeting during the Strong show, and we're going to cover that next week with our next episode. We'll be covering Cat Attack, the actual show, and then the uh, New Japan Strong. But last week... <coughs> As you know, I mean, I'm getting older, you know, and as uh, I get older, I I care more and more about the history of old buildings. And so I was letting folks know about some stuff about Kurgan Hall last week. I thought it'd be fun this week because you were you were fascinated by the fact that, you know, they they have their schedule and all this stuff and there's all these shows. So I thought I would bust out the Kurgan Hall schedule and I would give you kind of the first like couple weeks of um shows at uh in march just to see you know kind of what all these people like basically just to make you jealous of the people that live there so um yep. what do you th- i mean like you think there's people that go to that show every night i bet they do yeah i bet you there is I would. mind you i don't notice that so much in the crowd i know it's covid era or whatever but um i don't think i think i've noticed some like little dalky i've noticed a few times and things like that but I don't think I notice fans, repeat fans in uh, New Japan so much. Just that little kid. Remember that little kid? That kid was awesome. Yeah. The little Dowkey kid? Yeah. Yeah, So, okay, well, so let's say we'll start on Wednesday the 3rd. And I'm just going to – now, it doesn't tell you what the name of the show is. just the promotion. It's all sets, right? Because they don't want to give anything away. But (coughs) – the, on the on the third, we have a promotion called Strong Style Pro Wrestling. The next day, we have Dragon Gate. The next day after that, New Japan. Okay, so that's that's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Three different promotions in the same building. Saturday's off, and then Sunday, there's two promotions play. There's a there's an early Stardom show, and then the night show is a fighting sports promotion called Deep Jewels, which sounds. Scary. I don't know. <laughs> might sounds be, like a fucking porno. Might be customs. Who knows? <laughs> um, but so then the next week we got Monday Big Japan Pro Wrestling. Tuesday Hiragana Muscle Four, which it says is wrestling. I don't know what that is. Wednesday gonna take the day off. Then Thursday Professional Boxing. Friday off. Then Saturday something a fighting sport promotion called Knockout. And then on Sunday. In the morning, it's all Japan, and in the night, it's DD, DDT Pro. And it looks to me like they they double-shot Sundays every week. So every week, you could go to two shows at Kurgan Hall on the same fucking day. Jeez Louise. And guess what? Takamichinoku's promo, uh, promotion, um, Just Tap Out. Promo. Oh, excuse me. Just Tap Out! It's uh, they, they wrestle there, too. So the place Ganky is kind of open, you know? Yeah, I miss talking to you. He was awesome. So yeah, I do like. I don't think Zack Saber Junior needs a hype man. I think uh, all you need to do is just watch the guy wrestle. 
But holy shit, I loved Taka Mitsunoku as the hype man for Zack Sabre Jr. It was really good. He is! <laughs> he is! Oh, he, man, it was so One cool. of these days, it's going to be like, I'm going to do a match recommendation just because of that. That's on my list. There's just some G1 match with Zack Sabre Jr. Don't even care which one it is, just so you can see the Taka Michinoku promo at the beginning. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I amazing. do miss that as well. All right, Mr. Andy. So, uh, what what do you want to do now? Do you want to cover like one of the shows first, or or uh, or something else? Well, I mean, yeah, let's do the first show, and then we'll do something else. What do you think? Uh, all right, dude, let's do it. So we got Road to Cat Attack Night Five at Corican Hall, and uh, Naito comes out first, and I'm kind of nervous about that, but uh, I think the gist of it this time was. Hey, I'm all good, but uh, I'm still not wrestling tonight. Uh, I don't want to fuck my So, here at pay-per-view. I'll see you at Cat Attack. That's all right. And then, then we find out after a medical assessment, Hiromu Takahashi's left pectoral injury will leave him out of action for an estimated six months. Fuck! And there'll be more information to fucking follow. This is like... Awful. I'm like, I was gutted the first time when he broke his neck. I'm just as gutted. Uh, well, I'm thankful it's only a pectoral issue this time and not a broken freaking neck. It's you a know, little but, different. <laughs> but holy shit, man. Oh, it's, just, it's just some devastating stuff. I'll talk more about it on the next night. But uh, let's start off with the uh, hot, fresh matchups of, the, of Laundry plus Cobb. <laughs> Excuse me, I've got a bit of gas. I've been drinking soda. Uh, versus uh, Kid, Tenzan, and Tanahashi. Shut up. I got to drink soda if I hey, want when you say when you say, I got gas in the United States, that means you're farting. Oh. Well, gas in uh, in Australia means it could be coming out either way. So, uh, yeah. Well, that's, um, I, I am a gas bag then. <laughs> Dude, we do a podcast where we just talk for fucking hours. We're both gas bags. <laughs> <laughs> so uh this is um, i'm i'm counting these motherfucking things like you are mr andy hot shot start number oh, one man. wait till night two fuck off oh my god so uh yeah so tenzan uh dude all right you can't do mongolian chops but you can still do normal chops and punches is it, just figure it out man how old are you uh <laughs> but it wouldn't be as fun if uh he just ignored the Mongolian chops and just moved on. There has to be a bit of drama there, I understand. But uh, these matches are kind of giving me depression and Tour of the Islands on the young line again. And they're giving me depression because I do not want this never match. And they all end the same way with the fucking Tour of the Islands. This is the fifth one in a row. And yeah, I'll shut the fuck up about that. Yeah. I understand why you don't like it. it it's, you know... It, again, this is Tanahashi jerking the curtain, which is just upsetting, you know, but it is what it is. But, I, hey, I have a different take on Tenzon. I thought Tenzon was awesome in this match. He was doing all his good shit, man. He hangs oh, yeah, dick, I'm just nitpicking. He hangs dickhead on the ropes, cross first, and, like, bounces him up and down. Like, that's awesome. And then 
After that happens, Mrs. Shithead is consoling Mr. Shithead, and the announcers are clearly making fun of them. And I don't speak Japanese, but they are making fun of her going, shh, it's okay, shh, like that. (laughs) It's just pretty funny. Um, Shithead did the Kevin Steen headlock. Fuck off. You can't do that. That's the hit the ropes eight times and then do a headlock. You can't do that. That's not cool, man. That's that's Kevin Steen shit. But um, um, and then we got some beard pulling from Tanahashi. And I, you know, I don't have any um, con great con facts, but I do have a fact about Ocon. And that fall away gut wrench slam was fucking awesome. That was great. And, um, you know, kid got some drop kicks in and, and, uh, they did the whole train spot on Cobb and then he, you know, got revenge by winning. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, who are they trying to put over in the, in, in empire right now? Like, it, yeah. Yeah. I already told you what's going to happen. <sighs> Sorry. Well, maybe things me. will change now because the never title may become more important because other titles, but but at the same time, they just rearranged everything. We'll talk about it all. Everything just got rearranged, so the ne- the junior championship is still going to be defended and and fought for. So I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see if you know these injuries and things like that. If that'll kind of push the never title up the card, maybe who knows. Well, all I know is we are elevating the never open title. I'm like yes. That Tanahashi the- jerked that curtain, motherfucker. Jerk it good. <laughs> so weird. All right, next we got uh, Chase, uh, Jado, and the Gorillas of Destiny versus Sho, Yano, Yoshihashi, and Goto. I always mention it. Tongalo is in the red. Always looks pretty cool. This is another hot shot start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, look, this is more fun, but for both by both sides. But uh, I'm really ready for their matches to happen. Look. <laughs> I tell you what, night five, for some reason, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm sure there was some good stuff in it, but I'm not sure if I was feeling it or if I was just down on the Hiromi stuff. I'm, I'm not sure if anyone liked this show just because, like, it just started with such a downer, or it might have been just my mood too. This match, this night was just okay. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, Chase is trying to use his Texas title to hit the king. Uh, this doesn't work, and uh, butterfly luck on the man who doesn't care for the win. <laughs> a lot of this match is just garbage. It's like literal garbage. <laughs> it wasn't um, the best night for New Japan. No, uh, and, and uh, Yano and the Texas champion guy, they had some fun stuff. And I've realized that a ton of Yano's offense is just yelling. That's like, mm-hmm. He just yells constantly. And man, Jono, he he taps out to the butterfly lock, and the butterfly lock's getting put in over strong, brother, brother, brother. <laughs> and Yano's uh, trophy gets broken, and he cries, but nothing else to see here. Yeah, that's true. And now we've got uh, Shingo and Bushi versus uh, Ahal Fantasmo and Ishimori. And Mr. Andy, I say this a lot. Oh, and I said this before we started recalling. Recalling? Recording. LIJ needs more members. Now, I was saying this to Mr. Andy before the show, but uh, we just had we've just had a injury scare with Tetsuya Naito, the leader of LIJ, and now we don't have Hiromi Takahashi for six months, or approximately six months, which would have left Shingo, Bushi, and Sonata as the, the remaining members. Now, I don't know. 
Mr. Andy and I noticed, have noticed this, and I'm sure a lot of you, uh, dear listeners, have noticed this as well, but uh, being the smallest – well, okay, they're the second smallest group now because of the Laundry Boys, but being one of the smallest and exclusive factions in New Japan means you have to wrestle more than everyone else in New Japan. Every night, every show, you're booked. You know, so – there are nights where you got members of Suzuki Goon taking the night off, or you got members of Bullet Club with the night off, or members of Chaos with the night off. You got members of LIJ, and they're all working. And I love that. I respect that a lot. I really do. Uh, they've got a great work ethic, and I think because they work together the most and they work, they wrestle the most, uh, that's probably a well. It is a major reason as to why their tag matches or, you know, be it uh, two-man, six-man, eight-man, ten-man are usually the fucking best because they're just so fucking close-knit. But, man, they need new members. Uh, they really do, just so you can ease up on a couple guys. Like, you know, give them a, a, a night off here and there and let a couple other members of LOJ pick up the slack that night or something like that. Uh, that's... Just what I think. Like I know everyone's probably going. No, let's keep it small and exclusive. And I I understand that, and I'd like that too. But man, with this with long stretch, and Naito was almost fucking out for a while. It was you know we we didn't know for a little bit. We were all fucking worried. Uh, it's just yeah. Uh, I'd rather them uh, be safe and healthy with uh, a few extra members than. Uh, and what's going on now? What do you think, Mr. Andy? I think it's it's hard to disagree with you about that. And I would uh, I would submit a couple things. One is that the um, LIJ is an all-Japanese faction. And it yeah. might be the only all-Japanese faction. And, uh, I, it is, yeah. And I'm not racist or anything, but I sure would like to keep it that way. You know what I mean? However, <coughs> technically... Um, you know, there's guys in CMLL that are members of LIJ, but they're the original members of the original LIJ. Listen to our LIJ episode to hear about all that. And, uh, yep. you know, so they could bring somebody in from CMLL probably, you know, it would be cool. It would be awesome to see Dragon Lee join LIJ, which won't happen, but um, that would be awesome. Somebody like that needs to come in. Somebody that's this fucking uh, established name that's a tremendous wrestler needs to, to come into LIJ and fill that void for a little bit. Um, if anything, just to take the pressure off the guys that, you know, could be injured next, you know? So, I mean, and by the way, I was watching, I ended up having to watch, uh, one of the, the show where he got injured, where Haruma got injured again, because I'm an idiot. And I thought that it was, um, the show that I was supposed to be watching and I wasn't, but I, I could be wrong, but it might be that he injured himself when he was freaking out doing the, um, the jokey joke at ALP because after oh, that he does God. wrestle the whole match after that. But as soon as that happens, they come in and stomp him and he is grabbing his arm like something's wrong and nobody stomped his arm. So I think that's where he got injured, which is bizarre. So he fucking, he did a, he did a Sami Zayn. Oh it's God. like, it's when they do stuff they don't normally do. That's when it typically, you know, that's when it happens. And when it's like, dude, Hiromu does stuff he doesn't typically do all the time. 
That's his stick, man. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. I mean, yeah, I, know it's just, mean. I don't know. I think that's what it is, is when you get these guys out of their comfort zone a little bit and they're trying to do something new, that's when these injuries happen sometimes. But it's a fucking shame. And Hiromu, we've gone on and on about how valuable he is to New Japan and the fact yeah. that he's out now. Um, that is a – there's just some big shoes to fill. Look, as we're going to talk about on night two, it, it, it'll take a, at least three shoes to fill it. You mean uh, six. So I, 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 you know, to fill that space because it's going to be a three-way dance uh, on this weekend. Should have been a four-way. I'll get into that. But uh, this match is a, a little weird because it's Shingo and Bushi rather, rather than Hiromu. But I still had fun with it. There's a, a sudden death, and uh, sh- but uh, Shredder pins Bushi, and then ELP brags about like not having to defend the titles. Then uh, what do you know? El Desperado and Kanemaru came at, come out, and my first thought as soon as they came out was they're winning the titles. Yeah, and I say that because every time New Japan has to change a title match due to uh, injury or you know unable to travel like that time moxley got stripped the first time with the u.s title uh the uh the challengers who are well guess surprise challenges because they had to you know re- replace them uh they usually win have you noticed that it's true and the first thing i thought when i heard the harumu um you know injury i was like well they got well i felt bad and then i was like well they gotta get those tag belts off ELP, you know, because he's your next guy, right? I mean, he's mm. going to get, he's going to get, uh, you know, kind of pushed forward. And I think they're going to move on him a little quicker than they thought they wanted to. And, uh, you know, but I think that's fine. And, um, you know, I just feel bad for Ishimori a little bit. Uh, cause you know, he does seem to like, he just lost the title yeah. and, and he's been taking the back burner a little bit. And, Man, that sucks because he's fucking awesome. Hey, listen, Ishimori is old, and we don't think of him as old, but he is. Really? And yeah, yeah, he's older than you think he is. And so I think we talked about that before. I think he's like 38 or something. And so he's got a lot more miles on him than than you would expect just by looking at him. So, um, you know, he may not want to... He's my age. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's older than you think. And so... It's, uh, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not as much tread mm. left on the tires, you think, with him. And so, it, you know, maybe he doesn't want to be, you know, headlining shows and, and wrestling as a singles wrestler every time. So that could be good for him. But at the same time, it just sucks because his role has been to put other people over for the past, like, year, pretty much. So. All right, man. Yeah. I guess it's kind of really dumb, but they're called juniors. <laughs> and my yeah. dumb brain's just like, they must be all young. Uh, no, <laughs> idiot. It's a weight thing, not an age thing. Well, he, like, yeah, he looks really... young, too. He looks very young. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's always that stereotype that, um, well, that Asians age slower or something like that. Isn't there that stereotype, stereotype that am, – or am I just pulling that out of my ass? I mean, you might. I mean, they, they – uh, there's like the thing where they live forever. I mean, I know that. And then, you know, but we, we in America, we have the black don't crack thing, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, which is amazing. And I wish I, I, it's it, white definitely cracks. I mean, I am oh, cracking man, like cracking a motherfucker right now. So, yeah. 
<laughs> we're both full of cracks. <laughs> and gas. <laughs> and gas. Yeah. Cracks and gas. All right. <laughs> All right. So now we've got Honma well, hang versus... On. Hey, hang on. I didn't even get talked what? about this match here. Did we tell you? All tell right. One? Fine. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> well, okay. So, well, first of all, I want to see ELP versus Shingo now because <laughs> they were doing cool shit. And mm-hmm. ELP broke up a submission with nipple twists, which is funny. Um, and it's funny to see Kanemaru and, uh, you know, Desperado come in as the like vengeful baby faces to take out Bullet Club. Um, but yeah. really, what I want to talk about is the match that I sent you while I was watching this. <laughs> Because I was watching this, I was getting bored, and uh, I sent you this match, and I know match recommends come at the end, but you, if you're a listener, you have got to go watch this. It's on YouTube. It's Buddy Lee Parker versus Vincent from Nitro. All right? This shit is unbelievable. Luke, please tell me your thoughts on this match that I sent you. (laughs) Well, uh, for everyone who doesn't know, Vincent is Virgil. Uh, I don't really know Buddy Lee Parker. I I I vaguely remember him being a... WCW jobber. That's what he is. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly what he is. So it's these two in a match. It goes for about five minutes, the whole video all up. Uh, they're both – actually, I, I, I was about to say they're both shit, but that's not true. Buddy Buddy Lee can wrestle. Um, Virgil is stank butter. <laughs> and there's this fucking – oh, my God. Vincent's standing on the on the apron. And he's got Buddy Lee in, 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 you know, arm over the shoulder, suplex position, lifts him up, and then kind of just brain buster drops him on his head on the fucking ring apron. And Buddy Lee Parker kind of gets back up and keeps wrestling. And <laughs> Dusty, who's doing Dusty Rhodes, he's doing commentary, said, if, if, if Buddy Lee's not injured, he should be. <laughs> it was... Yeah, it's not like when you see a similar move like that today, where it's, it's well, I'd say safe, but it's air quotes, you know. But it's, it's choreographed, and they they kind of know what what to expect and what they're doing. No, this is just fucking Virgil dropping the paw. Oh my god! It, well, and what makes it fascinating to me <clears throat> is that they are like the match is chippy as soon as it starts, and what I mean is is that. Like Vincent kind of he accidentally oh. like kind of gets a little piece of uh, Buddy Lee Parker on a punch, and then Buddy Lee Parker's going for receipt. Vincent ain't having it, and so they are just swinging on each other in a certain a couple parts in the match, and then they do this crazy move like it's planned. <laughs> so it's like they're literally fighting each other in the ring, like a shoot fight, and then they're like, oh, okay, you know, well, I'm going to drop you on your head down here. So he must have called suplex or something, and Buddy Lee Parker is like, well, I'm nobody. You're in the NWO, so clearly they have plans for you, and I can't do shit. So he tried to get a receipt, and what he got for it was a brain buster on the fucking apron. <laughs> it is amazing. Go watch if that, I was, If I was Buddy Lee Parker, uh... If I didn't get my receipt on camera, I'll be after a fucking receipt backstage. Like that was some, <laughs> that was some harsh shit. Now I don't condone people beating each other up for reals, but uh, some people deserve it sometimes. Well, and, uh, we've mentioned it before, and, and <clears throat> violence is like currency in in pro wrestling sometimes. Yeah, and, and sometimes it gets exchanged, and that's just the way it is. So, man, that fucking match is crazy. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's five minutes, and just just watch it, everyone. Um, and did you link it up on the Never Open Tweety? I no, I I actually um, I don't think I sent a link out at all, but because I somebody else had shown it, uh, so I sent it to the Twenty Years of Nitro guy Tim because he loves that shit. And uh, then he linked it up there, and then I had to give the guy credit afterwards. So I didn't link it because it was I found it from somebody else. But anyway, a guy named Righteous Reggie on Twitter. Okay, uh, but uh, fair enough. But um, it's fucking awesome. Well, just, <laughs> Go watch that. Just put the link on, man. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that that, that that's probably not on the network either. No, or it's either, on YouTube. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. It, it is, is on the network. All this nitros are on uh, the network, but I'm not. This isn't a nitro though. This is like uh, WCW Saturday Night or something. Some I'm, shit. I'm pretty sure it's from Nitro, but it, it is definitely on YouTube. Just search Buddy Lee Parker versus Vincent. You'll find it. Yeah. All right. So uh, shall we go to Honma versus Sonata? <laughs> sure. Jesus. Christ. Why does fucking Sonata keep getting these matches? By the way, and also, why is it fucking Honma? I would have loved Mr. Bread versus Sonata. I mean, I would have preferred Mr. Bread versus Shingo, or <laughs> not, or I don't know. I just want. I mean, I know it's it's good to keep Sonata strong, uh, whether we like him personality wise or not. His in ring is amazing, so I, I, okay, I, I I get it. And he's over in Japan big time. So all right, we got Homer versus Sonata, and. Hanma's just too slow for Sonata. Yeah. Sonata wrestles rings around him the whole time. And look, I know I shit on him a, a little bit, but man, I felt bad for him. It's it's a little embarrassing. Uh, he got fucking outclassed the whole time. Like I saw Sonata versus Nagata and Nagata can still go hold his own, carry a match, all that Nagata. kind of stuff. Sonata, Nagata. Sonata, Nagata. Sonata, Nagata. Yeah. <laughs> so, Skull End, and that's all there is to say. Uh, yeah. Are you sure? I got stuff to say. But uh, I, th- I thought the match was kind of shit, so. <laughs> and I- <laughs> it's only shit on one side, I should say. Like, I really. Like, I know Honma did this kind of jumping uh, Kakeshi into Sonata as he was st- sitting on the top turnbuckle and stuff, and that looked kind of cool and stuff, but, yeah, he's just too slow. It's true. I mean, he did a decent job of keeping up with Sonata in most times, but there were some major problems. Like, for example, you know, uh, Sonata has that spot where he does the, the moonsault into the skull end or whatever, and Hama just totally botched that. <laughs> like, that was terrible. But... In in a good you know one good thing is that Hanma does the um, the neckbreaker, but he does the super scary Rick Rude version of the neckbreaker that like is like um, Hawk from uh, the Road Warriors would do that one. It's terrifying. Um, that scares me every time. So I did like to see that. And then here is the problem with this match. Here's the big problem. It needs more chops. This is all Hanma can do. So why isn't he doing chops? Why? Like, he should be chopping the shit out of Sonata, and Sonata should be trying to challenge him, but he can't beat him at the chop game, because that's fucking Hanma's shit, so then he has to go to his regular game plan, and then he wins, right? I mean, that's your match. Yeah. I feel like Sonata wrestled a Sonata match, when really, he should have been toning it down a bit, and just like, yeah, because if you just wrestle your normal Sonata match, uh, you're going to outclass Mr. Hanma, so maybe... (laughs) 
tone turn it down a little bit just so make it a bit more strike heavy which is weird to me too because sonata is really good at um kind of different styles like i've seen him do mat based submission clinics with Zack saber jr i've seen him do comedy matches with yano so i've seen him kind of you know still be very sonata but kind of switch it up a bit i don't know man it is what it is I guess they didn't want to put Mr. Bread in this position because they like to keep him a bit hotter than both Nagata and Honma. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. He's the star uh, of the dads. You know, like he's the, like the other guys, their names on the he list is to the dad, gym. isn't he? What's that? He is top dad. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, I mean, Tenzon might be up there a little bit, but he's not, he's not top dad. And so, like I said, their names are on the lease but he's the owner of the gym. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> he like uh Nagata and Tenzan had a bit of, had a bit of money to put Yeah. Uh Kojima was just like, well, shit, you need more than a third. I got that. So he probably owns half the gym and then the other two own the other half together we got to get like i think tenzon should be the one who's broke all the time because he spends <laughs> his money but what's he spend his money on it's got to be something weird and funny right what does what does tenzon Haircuts. spend his money on that he can't Haircuts. ever he never has enough money and and mr bread has to be covering him all the time well i want one of those expenses to be haircuts <laughs> can't stop getting his haircut <laughs> or he because I want I want him to have the belief that his hair's awesome, and he's obsessive about his hair, especially since he's getting older as well. Yeah, okay. So I, I like the idea that he's really obsessive about maintaining and keeping his well in his brain amazingly awesome <laughs> hair, and so he spends way too much on fucking like hair care products, going to the hair hairstylist, and all this kind of shit. Also, what if like Watto worked him into buying all his t-shirts so he just has boxes full of t-shirts and he's like i can't even sleep at my house because my house is just filled with boxes of Watto t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> can he hurry up and get to the grandmaster already so <laughs> <laughs> okay man we are gonna write ourselves a series one day this is good stuff yeah we are eventually we'll have voices for all these wrestlers too so we can Oh my god! Oh, acted act out. Oh shit! That's an we idea just gave right us, there. That's a, that's yeah. a fucking dramatic reading if I've ever heard one. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! All right, here we go. Evil Kings versus Ishii and Okada. I wrote draw, and uh, and here I noticed. No, Miss Andy, there is no crash mat behind Abe. So uh, he's, <laughs> he's he's rolling yeah. back. He's hitting the ground. He's going down. Yeah, he's definitely going down. So. The start of this match is the four Bullet Club boys fucking with Ishii and Okada. And I mean four because with Evil, you've got Togo. And with uh, Switchblade, you have Gato. So all four of them are just fucking with these two. And it's just amazing. I really like this match because they did every dirty trink, according to my notes, instead of trick, uh, they, they could not to cheat, even though they were cheating, but more to just to piss them off. And that's different. That's a different focus there. They weren't just cheating to get the win. Like, they were just cheating to fuck, fuck with them. And Okada and Ishii are just, they got steam coming out of their ears. I mean, Ishii always has steam coming yes. out of his ears about something. But Okada's got steam coming out of his ears too. He's a gas like, bag. Oh, shit. 
Yeah, they're both full of gas. Yeah. So uh, I thought the match was pretty awesome. And I really liked Okada and Ishii together. I don't think I've seen them, just those two, together tag that much. I like that combo. Uh, more, please? Yeah. And wow, I really like just Jay and Evil tagging. I think they're, they're really cool. Uh, Jay does great tags with evil and Kenta. And I like it when he's tagging with both of those men. Uh, it's just really fun. And, uh, yeah, I fooled myself into thinking this would be a draw, but, uh, there's a dick choke on Okada. <laughs> then everything is evil on Okada. And I'm like, all right, Ishii's going to break this up. Oh shit. It's <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, evil's definitely losing this weekend. I thought that anyway, but I did not expect that. So that was cool. And then, uh, Jay, chokes out Ishii again man I like evil I really do and I want him yeah. to win I want him to beat Okada yeah I want Okada to have to put him over you know and um that's what I want I want this to go on for a while as far as like not these tag matches but I mean like that could be a really big Wrestle Kingdom match you know and it could be that Okada's lost to evil over and over and, you know, and the only time that he can step up is on the big stage, you know, because that's kind of the story with Okada lately is that he just steps up on the yeah. big stage. So it could be that. And, I don't and, know. We'll see what happens. But I, um, think, I really enjoyed Jay taunting Ishii in this match. It's it's pretty much Jay taunts Ishii, the, the match. Um, and uh, it, we got some Okada versus Jay White. And I forgot how good that was, too. So that was nice to see. Um, Ishii like work the whole match to try to get Jay in the middle of the ring. And when he finally does, he gets the like Ishii fire up, you know, and, and Jay can't escape. So Jay has to use Gato as a weapon, but Gato provides a distraction. And those two work so well together. It's good to finally, when, when there's a hundred people around the ring and stuff, it's hard to pick out the, the teamwork between Gato and, and Jay white. When there's less people, it's much easier to see what they're doing. And so that was great. Also noticed that um, I, I've noticed this before, but I never really talked about it. Is that uh, when Evil goes into the turnbuckle, he goes in um, uh, Bret Hart style, like chest first a lot of times, which I think is cool. Mm. Not everybody does that, and that that's pretty neat. And like you said, it, it's good to see Okada do the job. Yeah. Not only that, I think now I've been watching since. The 2017 G1. Oh, fuck, I must mention that every week. But uh, I reckon I've seen Evil pin Okada more than I've seen anyone else pin Okada since I've started watching New Japan. Amen. I think I must have seen Evil beat him like fucking three or four times now. Don't think I've seen anyone else beat him that much. There you go. Yeah. Uh, there's always that one guy that... You know, no matter how much of a top guy you are, there's always that one guy that seems to have your number. And I guess that's evil for Okada, and I guess that's Ishii what? for Jay White. Parallel stories, oh my god. I know, I know. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. And, I love New yeah, Japan. They're the best. I do too. And, uh, and yeah, that was the end of night uh, five of the Cat Attack. Yeah. So, you know, a bit of a, a, a mixed bag, uh, but they're in a little bit of damage control and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm not down on New Japan themselves or anything near that. But, you know, the, the shit's going to happen sometimes, and that's definitely going to fuck with the shows. I'm you thankful. I'm thankful these shows are short. 
Because if these were long, it would be brutal, dude. If we were like, you know, just seeing these same matches over and over, and these are like three and four hour shows, it would fucking suck. So I'm glad they're short. All right. I don't mind sometimes. I don't know. I agree with you, but I don't mind when they mix up the finish and who gets pinned, whatever. But when you get <clears throat> Satoshi Kojima winning the exact same way 16 times in a row, like they couldn't let Homer win at least two of them, or when you have what will end up being six cat attack shows, row two cat attack shows in a row with two of the islands as the finish, like you can't just have one with the Okan winning and then holding the hair of Yoda Suji and in triumph and staring down uh, the fucking Tanahashi. That's what I would have done. Yoda Suji is Tanahashi's like biggest supporter. So I would have had at, in at least one of these matches, I would have had uh, Okan beat the absolute shit out of Yoda Suji, pin him. And then as he's like laying on his, uh, front or something like that Yoda uh, gets pulled up by his hair to his knees and his head's hanging because like oh I just got fucked up and he's looking at Tanahashi and then he cuts his promo holding on to Yoda Suji's hair that's uh, instead they just did tour of the islands every fucking time yeah apart from that I'm fine <laughs> but that really annoyed me <laughs> that's a good idea you know and while you were saying that i was just thinking you know wouldn't it be cool if um instead of the claw which i like the claw don't get me wrong the iron claw you know that uh, okan does what if he did the um the camel clutch you know that seems like a pretty that'd be a pretty cool submission for him and yeah. i like i like submissions where you can that one camera shot you can see both wrestlers faces you know that's why the muda lock is so good and like the ankle lock is so good because you can see both of their faces and uh i don't know camel clutch could be pretty cool man that yeah i'll take that oh man so this is kind of strange to me we've got one more show to cover mr andy mm-hmm. shall we do you want to get to it well, we were going to break it up with something, if you remember. Yeah, let's break it up then. Okay. All right, so <laughs> this is going to sound just as unprepared as it is because I'm a forgetful idiot, but uh, uh, Mr. Andy, do you think you can um, – don't tell him. Say that again? Mr. Andy, can you hear me? I can hear you. What did you say? All right, so don't don't tell um, who you're going to contact uh, that I did not pre-write out any questions or anything like that. Well, Luke. So uh, just let him know that uh, I have it all figured out. I know what I'm doing, and uh, that way he'll be nice and relaxed. But uh, I, I, it has been a while, Mr. Andy, and... I think it's time for a, for a nice little catch up, a good little check in on Master Wato, and I know you have his number. I don't know why he never shared it with me, you, you fucking asshole. But you do have him on the line, and I do know that even though he's silent, sometimes he actually listens to us record too. I don't know if he's listening right now. Yeah, he's on hold. Um, so oh, he is. Yeah. Uh, let Can me, he hear on, us on me... hold? 
Or yeah, is he well, he likes to... to listen on hold. You know the deal where you call into a radio station and they put yeah. you on hold and you listen on hold and then they, they cut you into the... That's that's what he does. I don't know why. He's a weird dude. I mean, I... I would have just put him on the draw music. <laughs> that's pretty great. That's, the, that's our hold music is the draw music. So. <laughs> the draw music well, me, from New Japan. Let me see if I can get him in here. Let's see here. Hey man, it's me. It's Master Wado. I'm from Japan. Everybody knows I got the blue hair and I'm kicking people. And Mr. Luke, how you doing, man? I saw, I was just listening on hold as I do. And uh, I heard you talking yep. about something you were preparing and you said it's very well prepared, but I don't, I don't know. It sounded like you were, you were being facetious. <laughs> Look, Master Wato. Yeah, man, I don't tell me. you how to do your job. Ooh. Actually, I, I kind of do, don't you do, I? You have done that. I, I remember an episode where you were talking about what I should do and what I shouldn't do. And, uh, you know, I was kind of thinking, man, fuck Luke. Uh, he's kind of like them Twitter guys. <laughs> but I like you. Look, Master Watto. Yeah, man. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but... What, what do you say about the allegations that uh, Hiroshi Tenzan is borderline broke and could barely pay for his gym because you convinced him to buy a crap ton of Way to the Grand Master shirts, convincing him that he could be able to sell them all at a really good price and make his money back? What what response do you have to that? Well, listen, man. You know, if you go to Kurgan Hall on one of these show nights, you might see Tenzon in the back. Like, they got this little parking lot near Tokyo Dome in the back. He'll be back there, and he's got his, his you know, little hood of his car open, and he's got a couple Master Watto shirts that he's selling aftermarket. You know, and I don't know how he got those, but... You know, I appreciate it. All I know is on the uh, the token shop or whatever the hell you guys call it, I am the top t-shirt seller. I don't care who's buying it, but I'll tell you what, um, I, I, I like Tenzon a lot, but man, he is kind of a drag. He's really boring. All he wants to do is talk about his damn hair, and then he, you, know, you ever see him walk? It's kind of crazy, man. He's got that one foot that kind of goes a little sideways, and, and that's scary, but then... He also wants to eat all the time. He eats constantly. And if you see me, I look great because I don't eat that much. You know, I like to eat, don't get me wrong, but goddamn Tenzon trying to make me fat. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Now, <clears throat> I did have a follow-up question, and I lost it, but I did find it again. It's written down right here, right in front of me. Here it is. That's the preparation you were talking about. I think, you know what I think, Luke? <laughs> this is pretty funny. I think that preparation you were talking about is preparation H. You know, for your butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you feel about, uh, like, you were gifted the Tenzan tombstone, but somebody else just like stole one of his moves and he's not allowed to use it anymore. Are you tempted to kind of beat him for the TTD or are you happy to, to, sh to share that? Are you jealous that Great Khan has the Mongolian chops? And also now that Tenzan has lost the Mongolian chops and isn't allowed to use them again and to use them. Well, 
you know, I mean, I came up with Ocon, and I, let me tell you what, he's not from Mongolia, okay? He's from Japan, just like me. He talks just like me. So, you know, when, you know, all this stuff he's doing with the waving the arms and the, oh, who is it? No, it's, we know it's you, motherfucker. Of course we know. <laughs> and, you know, I, I've been listening, though I am, I will tell you this, I am a little scared of him. And the reason is because I've been listening to the show and I heard about what that Kong guy does. And like he was he had like a party on a bunch of guys and killed them. And he like marries his his daughters off to kill the foreign leaders and stuff. And that guy is a fucking asshole. And I don't want anything to do with him. So if Kong has a little bit of that great Ocon has some of that great Kong in him, that's a little scary. But as far as challenging him. Um, I don't know if you know about New Japan, Luke. I mean, you do a podcast about it. You maybe you should know a little bit. Is that I am what is known as a junior heavyweight. So that means I'm under 200 kilometers or whatever you call them. And kilos. Yeah, whatever. And I'm you're young. Over 200 kilos. It, probably it means like, those two things. It means well, I am young, and it means that I am under 200 kilometers. All right. So, you know. I can't wrestle Ocon because he's over that and he's old. <laughs> now, as you as you know, because you've been on hold, um, Mr. Wato, now we haven't talked about night six of uh, Road to Catatac yet, but do you feel slighted that uh, you're not involved in the in the uh, in the match to crown a new junior? champion well i don't i hate to admit this on like a public radio type situation where someone <laughs> might hear this but i don't really watch the shows that i'm not on that's why i listen to you guys <laughs> uh so you know I, I since you guys haven't gotten to that part i'm not sure what you're talking about um but i i don't feel slighted in any way because, well, first of all, I'm kind of pissed at you, Mr. Luke, because you haven't even asked where I've been. It seems like you don't care, you know, but uh, I've been very busy. You know, I've been working on a new T-shirt design. It's me kicking somebody, and it says, like, I'm going to kick you. You know, that's what I'm thinking. You know, something like that. They, they it hasn't gone through the, you know, the right channels yet to get approved, but I really like it. I'm going to kick you. You know, because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kick people, and, and I want to let them know. I want to see them coming. You know, they, they see me. They see that T-shirt and that foot flying through the air. There you go. He going to kick. You know, that's what I want to do. So that's what I've been All up right, to Master now. Watts, come the fuck down, man. I just got – look, let me ask you one more question, uh, and it's not how are you. I, I just assume you're doing all right because, you know, you're in good shape. I'm the guest country. here, Luke, and you're, <laughs> you're telling me to calm the fuck down. You know, I am – a fired up individual. I already told you I'm young and I don't weigh that much. So I'm going to be a little scrappy. That's the way it is. And I might kick you. Dude, so did you get to choose who designs your t-shirts? Because I'd be really scared if it's the same dude who designs uh, Kazuchika Okada's because all his t-shirts fucking suck majorly. Well, <laughs> that's funny you mentioned that because... When I, you know, I told you I'm young, but I do know about some old stuff. And, you know, I heard about this time period in America, the far off, uh, you know, mysterious land of America um, is, you know, because I'm from Japan, obviously. I don't know yeah, about that, but yeah. I heard about this thing and it was, uh, it's like Southern rap and like these guys they had these crazy album covers and they all kind of look the same and you know you got your snoop doggy dogs you got your uh you know master p you know which uh, again 
I think uh, I think he stole his name from me, even though he came out years ago. Maybe it's the other way around, but you know, I do like Master P. He goes, and that's like all he does, man. He make money by going. Ugh, unbelievable that's that's some great working man it's almost like what i do depends on but uh but anyway yeah i you know i heard about that and that's what his t-shirts remind me of so i think what it is is that master p is secretly working for okada and gato well not gato you know kayfabe and all but he is uh he's he's making them t-shirts and okada is always listening to master p you know how i know is it if i roll up next to his car or something like that i hear the because all you can hear damn is that for coffee i'm sorry master what Luke, your internet connection sucks balls in Australia or wherever the fuck you're at, and I can't hear what you just said. Will you repeat yourself? God damn. Yes, can 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 you hear me? I can hear you. My ears right, are good. fine. It's your problem. Right. Mr. Andy, can you do me a favor and just put Watto on hold just a sec? i got to tell you something. Okay, hang on one second. All right, he's on hold now. All right, cool. So here's what happens. All right, Tenzan needs a way to make some extra cash so we can put in more money to invest in the dad's gym. And Wato convinces him that selling way to the grandmaster t-shirts is the way to go. <laughs> so Tenzan's like, fuck yeah, man, that's, a, that's a deal. That's, that's a, that's a no brainer. That's a great idea. And then he gets the boxes of his shirts to, delivered to his home. Tenzan opens it and it, and it's by the same person who, who does fucking Okada's <laughs> and, Tenzan's just like, no! <laughs> and then credits, right? You know? Um, Watto hung up, by the way, so uh, I think he's pretty mad at you for calling him names or whatever you were doing. I, I was in the bathroom, so I didn't hear any of it, but uh, I'll have to listen back. But yeah, he, I think he's pissed he'll off. Never know who, he'll never know who the junior champion is at this rate. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe he listens after the fact. I don't know. It's always good oh. to hear from him, though, so I'm glad he's back. And, um, you know, and it was good that we were all prepared for him and everything. That's always good. So, Pulled those three questions out of my butt. I think they'll all right. They got gas on them? <laughs> what? Do they have gas on them, or is that how you got them out? That's a given. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you ready for Cat Attack Night 6? You better believe it. All right. And uh, it's an awful start because Hiromu comes out and he relinquishes the IWGP junior heavyweight title. And I was speaking on, on, on the tweet to this. Uh, I think it was with Jay. And uh, I was say, saying that, um, you know how some wrestlers get injured and you, you don't mean it, Mr. Andy, but you kind of forget about them? Yeah. Yeah, Hiromu is one of those guys you notice isn't around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I said, he's a... Filling the gap that he leaves is a power vacuum, as they say. Oh, yeah. And, you will uh, not forget that that he isn't there. You always yeah. be like, oh, man, when's Hiromu coming back? Well, the cool thing is, is they will time that out, and that will be awesome when he finally returns. You know, I hate Jim Cornette, but he has a great quote, and that is, we can't miss you unless you go away. You know what I mean? And it's important for guys to go away every once in a while in wrestling. But, you yeah, know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and... Yeah, it's just it just really sucks. But yeah, that's that's how the show starts. And to cheer me up, uh, <laughs> we'll go to Laundry Boys and Cobb versus Tanahashi, Mister Bread, and Yoda Suji. 
hot shot start, and Okan decides to deeply offend me by touching and holding up the Never title. <laughs> then, then, then we see Cobb manhandling Tanahashi, and I was just like, come Dude, on! That's not okay. I have a note about that. That's not okay, man. <sighs> I'm only okay with it if it's leading to a match. It's not. Okan has that. Sh- and uh, guess how the match ends? Um, I like uh, Okan hits his finish on Tanahashi. Oh, it's on Yoda Suji. But I will mention that there's this one part where Cobb throws a uh, douchebag at Yoda Suji, and then there's a cutter <laughs> on, on Yoda. And I thought that was pretty cool, too. It's, yeah. Well, and it was Cobb that won, by the way. It wasn't Okan, but uh, yeah. Okay, so I got a couple things, all right? One is that if Okan is going to continue to use the Mongolian chops, he needs to find more creative ways to do it. And I suggest that he, like, has Tanahashi tied up in the ropes and then starts chopping his legs or something. Like, you know what I mean? He needs to do something else with it. Don't just do what Tenzon did with it because then you're we're remembering Tenzon. We're not thinking of this new guy. You know what I mean? And I get it. Yep. They're trying to get him heat and everything. But I, I just wish he would do something different. I hate the fact that Cobb is carrying around Tanahashi like a baby and making light of Tanahashi. I don't like that, man. That pisses me off. I don't care if there's a match or not. That's not okay. Um, And Suji is learning how to tag in from Tanahashi because they were both standing on the first rope to extend their arms out to cheat and tag in, you know? It's not okay. (laughs) Um, Hey, uh, you know, it's not a surprise that... uh... Yoda Suji's learning bad habits from Tanahashi. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, what I was thinking about with that move, okay, so like you said, it was shithead, like springboards into Cobb's arms, and then and then Cobb throws him up to do a cutter. It's not where it needs to be yet, and that's like the beginning of a cool move. Like, they first tried it, you know, and it's going to be cool yeah. later. So they're, they're just starting something, and I thought that was neat. You know, that's something to, to see. And who knows? I mean, we will eventually have World Tag League again, and, you know, we'll see who tags together, and, you know, I don't know. we'll see what happens. I'm so excited for this year's World Tag. <laughs> anyway, uh, World Tag. now we have the uh, – <laughs> moving on. <laughs> but uh, there's the Evil Dick Jewels versus Sho, Yano, and Okada. And uh, Tanahashi and Okada being in the first two fucking matches oh of a wrestling God. show in New Japan is... What the fuck? I don't get it, man. Is that weird to you? Yeah. <laughs> Super weird. I don't get it, man. Have you ever seen that? No. N- not... I mean... No. Never. I mean, well... I mean, someone this- could probably go, well, excuse me, Mr. Le- Mr. Andy and Luke, well, but on uh, January 12th, fucking 19, fucking whatever, uh, it happened then. But, Is that what our listeners uh, sound like? You know, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a nerd who remembers all that kind of stuff, like fucking Tony Khan and shit, but yeah, it's just really weird to me, like Tani- uh, Tanahashi and Okada being them too, yeah, it's happening. Uh, Suki Goon start. Yeah, the second time for the night, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and Taichi felt like I did. He said, uh, I didn't get to see anything in that match because really fucking in no time at all, jumping knee into Dick Togo, excuse me, into Dick Togo by show, roll up by Yano, 
match is over. And it's a reminder, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that a Yano match, even in a tag time, even when it's like a six-man, uh, Yano matches can end at any moment. And Taichi anyway. wasn't in this match, but he was on commentary, was on commentary being commentary, rockstar yeah. babyface, right? Yeah. Looking like a bloody rock star, too. He's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, this he was is. another Hot Shot Star, so that's number two. And I would uh, I would submit that this is the first time ever, and it probably isn't because there's, you know, that that same listener you were making fun of a second ago is going to let us know. But uh, show um, helped Yano perform the, uh, the, it was like a, a tag team assisted fair play, you know? And because yeah. it was on Dick Togo, you don't have to kick him in the dick because he is a dick. <laughs> That is that is one hundred percent scientifically factual. This is what I'm thinking about when I'm watching wrestling. It's pretty weird in here, folks. Just saying, <laughs> we're both weird, <laughs> but they're the same kind of weird too. Because uh, here we are doing a show together. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. We've got the uh, the God Kings versus. I don't know why I only do those names for the Bullet Club guys, but whatever. I like the it. God Kings versus uh, Ishi. Yoshihashi and Goto. <clears throat> Excuse me. I really like this preview stuff. Uh, I know last night I said I was like, hurry up and have these matches, but I don't know. You put Ishii and Jay into the mix, it, it, it makes things a lot better. So I want both these matches. And it just made me think, though, that Evil Pindo Carter, so Evil is totally going, going to lose, right? Well, now I think the same thing is going to happen for Yoshihashi and Goto. Because uh, Goto pins Tama Tonga yeah. in this match with uh, a double team move with him and Yoshihashi into some kind of GTR thingy. So, yeah, uh, I mean, they're not always going to do draws, right? So they're going to have some definitive pins. And it's a it's a standard wrestling thing, right? Like one of the teams gets the upper hand and then they get their ass kicked uh, on at the weekend. So uh, we're going to be... You're going to be happy uh, that uh, Yoshihashi and Goto will probably get their asses kicked, and then we'll both be <laughs> upset that Evil loses. <laughs> yeah, okay, so a couple quick things, and I'll try to make this this quick, I'm sorry, but we are watching house shows, okay? So that's something we have yeah. to understand, is this is not... I know they're they're televising this, you know, obviously through their streaming service, but this is not the kind of stuff that would normally be televised. Normally, this would be on tour, and it's not the same crowd watching it every night, which is why they can do the same shit pretty much, you know. And so yeah. that that's kind of why this is so house showy because these are house shows. So I uh, I would submit a new term to the podcast, okay? And this is from a friend of mine named Austin Tyler Morris, who is now a retired wrestler. Uh, but he came up with this term, and this term is for fucking around before the match, for stalling, basically, okay? And it's called Hokey Pokey, all right? And there was all kinds of Hokey Pokey at the beginning of this match. And typically, Hokey Pokey begins a match, right? It's like, yeah. you know, the guy won't get in the ring, the the heels work in the crowd. That's Hokey Pokey, all right? So we get all kinds of that, and uh, it's just uh, it's a good shorthand. And I am very upset immediately because we get a leapfrog stomp thing from Yoshihashi and Goto, and it is crap. And one of the guys has to sell for it, and it's bad. But then I started to realize that Tonga Loa, he needs to learn how to sell if he's ever going to be a singles guy. 
because they got Tama Tonga in all the selling positions in this whole match, except for where Jay's in there, and you don't want Jay to get hurt too much. So, you know, it's like Tama Tonga's getting his ass kicked because Tonga Loa won't sell. <laughs> won't sell. How is he even yeah. in New Japan? Look, I will say he, Tonga Loa, has gotten a lot better. Certainly. Uh, but he, he, there is still uh, room for improvement. And they may be telling him not to sell. I don't know. But, I mean, he just doesn't sell. Yeah, we, we, we don't know. <laughs> so, but, but, um, but yeah. <laughs> there was this awesome camera work in this, too, where they got the shot. You got Jay in the ring. He's got Yoshihashi down in a shitty headlock. And helpless Ishii is on the apron because Chumpy had already warned him. You know, and so it's great, man. And and Ishii's out there and he can't do shit. It's amazing. When Ishii finally gets the tag, um, Jay tries to take a powder, but fucking Goto is there to keep him uh, from escaping. Fuck you, Goto. Let Jay do what he wants. <laughs> and then Ishii is getting over on Jay big time, man. And Jay's like, fuck this, and tries to take another powder, but Ishii chases him. <laughs> So Ishii getting in and out of the ring at like lightning speed is fun to watch. Um, and then we get that good shit. It really is Go- putting Ishii over, isn't it? Oh yeah. Big time. You know, he's it, instead of making him look dumb, this is making him look super smart. Again, Jay White, greatest heel ever. He's amazing. He knows exactly what he's doing. And so this yeah. is all the stuff that he's doing that pisses the fans off. It's putting Ishii over as a smart wrestler. You know, and and someone who doesn't let his anger control him, you know, and I mean, it's excellent, excellent pro wrestling. This is the the deep stuff that you get from our podcast. So um, anyway, but uh, we get Goto and Tama Tonga. This is the only time I can stomach Goto is when he's in there with Tama Tonga. And man, they do that awesome running the rope shit. But Goto is supposed to get tripped by Tonga Loa. And he stops and goes the wrong way, or considers going the wrong way, then looks right at Tonga Loa and runs right towards him and gets tripped. Fuck you, Goto. <laughs> Idiot. It. Meanwhile, you got Jay White doing this masterful putting over of Ishii, and then Goto buries himself. <laughs> Idiot. All right, so that's all I got yeah. on this one. Well, you know, there's a reason that one guy's not even 30 yet, and he's been IWGP heavyweight champion, right. and the other guy <laughs> is well over 30. In fact, I'm pretty sure Goto is over 40. I hope he's 100. I don't. I don't want him to retire soon. Uh, 41, and he has pulled it. So yeah, there is like the difference. Different difference there. And look, there's a mention. There's another Tweety, and I and I always think, um, or at least I try to remember to think. Reason JP, Mr. Chris Charlton, because he he does these translations. But as soon as uh, uh, so uh, Tai Chi does another tweet and he and he tweets out uh, well he doesn't do another tweet reason jp did the translation tweet where's oh my, my brain God, going? luke <laughs> anyway tai chi says and this is a bit as soon as that ref goes down i'm getting in that main event there's got to be a shirt around here someplace sato's <laughs> out i am in it's all good no worries <laughs> that's awesome and uh yeah, well, so that, that's his uh, comment about the main event. Uh, but there is a match in between that and the main event. So we got Shingo, Naito, and Sonata versus God, Honma, and Nagata. And some solid stuff. And I'm still annoyed that we're not getting Shingo and Nagata. Yeah. Where is that match? I want it. <laughs> Hell, I'd settle for Shingo versus Honma. I want more Shingo, damn it. Just give me more Shingo. Okay, all right. 
I know what I said that Lij needs new members and some some of these motherfuckers need a break, but shut up. <laughs> I'm on my shingo, and uh, I do know that Shingo won and that he pinned Honma, but my wife came home and distracted me, and I'm not sure how Honma got pinned, so I'm just going to assume it was a made in Japan or Last of the it Dragon. It was Last of the Dragon, yeah. Um, I thought we'd get more from Naito in this match to prove that he's okay, you know, but he didn't do much, and the stuff that he did yeah. was not running. What he did was punish um, uh, Ibushi's legs. So, which is weird. Even the playing field, baby. I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know. But they're, you know, and, and they're you punching had each other. Shouldn't it be fucking like they're, they're, they're beating each other's uh, necks up and shit? Like, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, they'll get there. Don't worry. That'll be 20 minutes into the match. So, oh, shit, yeah. uh, <laughs> so Hanma and Nagata are looking for a little revenge for their losses to Sonata. Um, they don't really get that, you know, but we get Nagata and Shingo wrestling. And it's good. And then this funny thing happens. So we got this really long leg hold from Naito. And here's what's going on is that basically you got everyone fighting on the outside except for those two. So then one of the baby faces, well, in this case, one of the uh, God's partners would, would run in and then the other person would come out and, and or the other LIJ member would get that person out of the ring. So that happened twice. So first... Hanma runs in the ring, Sonata gets him out, throws him out of the ring, right? So then, uh, or maybe it's the other way around, he had Nagata out. So then Hanma runs in, and Shingo throws Hanma out, and he stands there in the ring, after he does it, he points it at Naito, like, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, and then it's like he remembered <laughs> he left the curling iron on, or something, because he just like, he's like, oh shit, and he just leaves the ring. <laughs> really funny, Yep, I saw that too. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hit, he also hit it's a It's a house show, brother. He hit a bushy with one of those crazy German suplexes that was just fucking fantastic. That's all I got from this one. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Some good stuff. And here we go. Main event time. Uh, I don't know what, like, this was, this. I know there was supposed to be a junior match on the weekend. I don't, yeah, but it's happening tonight, apparently, for some reason. It's L. El Desperado and Yoshinobi Kanemaru versus the Head Shredders, or as Jay said, the Muscle Chihuahua Bangers. <laughs> and she said that name wasn't as good as mine, uh, to which I said, uh, no, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a lot better, uh, Muscle <laughs> Chihuahua great. Bangers. And then I asked if I could steal that. So thank you, Jay. And uh, here we go. This is uh, This is a really well done match. I quite enjoyed it. And there's this kind of really slow back scratch thing done on El Desperado. He sells it so fucking well. And yeah, he's well right. When there's a challenger, when there's a different challenger than expected, uh, they usually win. And sh sure enough, like like that, that's got to be some kind of wrestling staple, I guess. But uh, this match is amazing. And dude, there's this false finish. Onto the Des Desperado, he gets a splash on him, he gets his fucking ass kicked, he's down. Had me fooled big time. But, uh, yeah, and Suzuki Goon come out with the win. I'm watching this, and Desperado yeah. is kicking out of these huge moves, and, and I'm yeah. like, oh boy, he's getting put over huge in this match. And that's what oh, this yeah. match is about, is making him a contender again. And they did it in one match. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Now, I am surprised, Luke, 
because something yeah. very important happened, or at least I became aware of it at the very beginning of this match, and you didn't even mention it. It's very what, disappointing. Did Ricky Choshu come out? Uh, no, um, but I do have something interesting I want to tell you about him after we stop recording, though, uh, that is funny, uh, if we remember. Right. So anyway, um, but Ishimori had the Lance Storm rat tail back, so it must be an extension. So he had that back, oh. and, that, and that must only be for... Um, you know, for uh, championship matches, I guess. So <laughs> we also got a hot shot start, but it's Suzuki Goon. So I did allowed. notice this. I didn't write in here. Yeah, I didn't. Suzuki Goon are allowed to do that. That's the thing. Yeah, I, it's fine. I, I they're, they're allowed. I but that, that, but, that is three out of but, five uh, matches, though. If you do check the tweety, Mister Andy, uh, Jay and I both had a bit of a bit of a chuckle about the rat tail, and I, 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 my, I asked, like, did he forget it? <laughs> Uh, or did he lose it? It's and just like he had to wait for him to be the, wait for another one to come from Amazon. And I was like, why didn't he just buy fucking ten of them? <laughs> so, so I I didn't even notice as I was watching on the TV. I just saw Jay's tweet and I was like, oh yeah, his hair's kind of long again. Okay, yeah, I noticed immediately. It's a big deal to me. So, I uh... know <laughs> oh, because you fucking hate it. <laughs> oh, I like it. It's funny. Um, so the crowd is solidly behind Suzuki Goon here. They oh, yeah. are doing the silence thing to Bullet Club, which is so funny. Like, Desperado got a pop for knocking Ishimori off the apron randomly, you know, and then ELP does a big move, silence. I mean, they are giving him the stone wall. It's awesome. Um, Desperado is a tremendous opponent for ELP since he usually works on dude's legs, right? Um, however, that's not kind of what the direction they went in this match. It was a little different and that's something they're going to do in the future, obviously, uh, because of what happens at the end, but we had a big, big thing go on in this match and I'm sorry to go on and on, but we have a wrestler around here, um, where I'm at in the Midwest named Levi Everett and Levi Everett is a tremendous wrestler. He, and he will be on, on AEW dark before you know it. And he'll be on uh, TV before you know it. And he is a Amish man, and that is his gimmick, and that's who he is, right? He is so committed to this gimmick that he sells birdhouses and stuff that he made at his gimmick uh, gimmick table. It's amazing. This guy is tremendous. So if his theme tune is not Weird Al Yankovic, I'm going to be pissed off. Oh no, he prefers that there's no music because he no. and, and the announcer can't use the microphone to announce him because that's using electricity. So <laughs> it's, it's a complete gimmick. It's amazing. And one of his big moves, one of his big spots is churning butter. And that's exactly what fucking uh, Ishimori did when he grabbed Desperado's arm and got ready for the arm breaker spot and was turning it. That's the, the butter churn, right? So I was like, motherfucker has been training with Levi Everett. That was fucking awesome. Um, I really enjoyed that. And uh, we had an awesome face-first bump from ELP again in this match that was yes. awesome. I love it so much. And, like, the story is that he and Ishimori are not taking this seriously, and Suzuki-Goon outsmart them and are trying to take away ELP's finish, basically. So um, 
towards the end, the finish is very smart because ELP goes for yeah. uh, the the move, right? And Some death, yeah. basically, Kanemaru grabs his foot and in one motion hits Ishimori with it. So he's out. So that protects Ishimori, right? Because he got hit with the evil finish that can't be beat. And, uh, you know, and then Pinche Loco. So not only that, but he also got hit with another finish. This is good. This is really good pro wrestling. And this is kind of, you know, pro wrestling is about improvisation. And it's on the big stage, the small stage. It's in the moment. It's in the overall product. And it's in the shows and in the booking. And this is great improvisational booking on the fly to figure out how we're going to fix this hole that we just got. And they did a yeah. great job. I loved it. I thought I thought the finish was awesome because uh, Kanemaru and El Desperado, they've, they just had a feud with these two men. So you'd think they'd be a little wiser to the sudden death shenanigans and shit by now. And that came in at the finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kanemaru's copped a couple, copped a few sudden deaths. And so he, he was like, I'm waiting for this motherfucker catch. And then throws his leg at Ishimori's. So I thought it was really cool. ELP's reaction was awesome too. And he yeah. couldn't believe they lost. And I, it's so, but what happened after the match? This is the kind of the most important thing about all this. <clears throat> all right. So after the match, uh, so after the match, uh, and there's a bit of a powwow between him, El Desperado, and El Fantasmo. Bushi, right? Bushi, yeah. And I like that Bushi was included in this, actually. I really do. Yes. Because, you know, he's, he's tag, he, he, he might have been a tag champ, finally, you know, this, this week. And alas, it's still not to be. Uh, he's never been a champ, t- uh, junior champ, tag champ with um, Hiromu. I mean, he, I don't know if he's been tag champ before. I'd be surprised if he hasn't. But he hasn't been with Hiromu, so he can't be because uh, who would he? There was no other junior in in uh, unless him and Shingo were. But that, I don't think that happened. No, that, so, might, that might have happened. I think actually, Bushi yeah. and Shingo were tag champs. Yeah. Yeah, when they first when when Shingo first showed up, that may have been the first title he won, maybe. Yeah, um, but he hasn't been a tag champ with Hiromu, so and you know him and Hiromu are pretty tight. They're both in LJ, so I liked that he came out, and him El Desperado and Bushi are just like I'm. I'm the next champion. No, I'm the next champion. No, I am the next champion, and everyone, <laughs> everyone on the internet's going, yeah, it's probably ELP, but uh, <clears throat> there's only one little nitpick I'd make about this, Mister Andy. I'd have made it a four-way, and I've had, I would have had show come out. Yeah, that's a nitpick. That's fine. Like, it's, like we rarely get three-way matches anyway, so I'm really interested to see what the fuck happens here. And uh, yeah, so I think I don't know if it'll be on the first night or the second night of the Castle Attack shows. I mean, I can just check right now, but. I'm pretty sure they've announced it already. It's official, all that kind of shit. It's going to be uh, El Desperado and Bushi and... Oh, I can't do two things at once, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, I think it's this night, night two because it's for the title. Let me check. It's not there. It still says Hiromu versus El Fantasmo. So, okay. yeah. Uh, so it'll be 
probably be that three-way, well, and, and they and might that, they might move it on the card or up the card. I don't know, man. But it's it's obvious that we're going to get those three um, at some point over the weekend. So if I probably hit the news icon, it'd probably be announced later. Who knows? Uh, so but it's Bush, happening. Bushi and Shingo were tag champs. They won it at Wrestle Kingdom 13, um, I think, versus uh, Suzuki Goon. So Bushi and Shingo. What's that? Bushi and Shingo. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. And then they lost it to Rapongi 3K, which I kind of want to go back and watch that now because I, I don't remember that match. Uh, that was at the anniversary show two years ago that they that Rapongi 3K beat um, Shingo yeah. and Bushi. I wonder who got pinned in that. I have no idea. No, it would have been Bushi because they were keeping <laughs> they were keeping Shingo undefeated right. at that point. Yeah, that's in fact, he didn't lose a, a singles match until the end of the best of Super Juniors to um, butt face. But yeah. uh, yes, on Sunday, it's not on the schedule. They haven't changed the schedule part. But if you go to the news, it's announced for Sunday. Bushi Alphantasmo for a three-way. It's the first the, one since April 2019 in Madison Square Garden. At the top of the show... We heard um, uh, the audio, and that was El Desperado speaking English to ELP so that he understood, which is fucking yeah. amazing. So I love that, and uh, that was pretty cool, and I was shocked to hear that. I love that. That was pretty neat. But yep. um, Luke Decent, you know, kind of a little short kind of week with wrestling, and we were like, oh, we won't have much to talk about with that stuff except for the injury, but we just went an hour and a half on those two shows, and we still have – our weekly recommends, which is going to be long because we got some awesome shit this week, man. Awesome. Dude, I think it's just because you and I just like crapping on together and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, who, do you, which match do you want to do first? Let's do yours. You, you usually go first. All right. So it's, a, it's so apropos that we're doing this match today because uh, it features – Flair. And today is Ric Flair's 72nd birthday. Merry birthday, Mr. Flair. And this is from the G1 Climax 1995. This is August 13 at Rio Goku. Uh, Rio Goku Sumo Hall, I think it Rio is. Goku. <laughs> and it's A Block. It's Keiji Mudo versus Ric Flair. I pressed on the English commentary one. I just typed Flair into the search bar, saw this. And was like, whoa. Also, it seems I'm like I'm choosing a lot of Mudo matches uh, or Mudo matches, whatever, lately. And, uh, well, he's awesome. So I am not apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can get this at, at, with the English commentary. It's not so much a play-by-play -play commentary, everyone. It's more of a, here's a bit of the history of this match uh, and that year's G1 and Ric Flair in New Japan, that kind of stuff. Now... <clears throat> I thought this match was awesome. So I'm biased as fuck. I loved me some Ric Flair. Uh, and this is kind of like awesome classic Flair kind of shit. Oh, man. And he and Muda, I thought they tore the house down in this match. And there's a, a previous match uh, Muda has in one of the other G1 matches where he got uh, cut open. So he's got a, a, a freaking you know, Band-Aid or whatever the fuck on his, on his forehead. But he gets busted open. And, of course, Flair's going to go for that. Like he's the dirtiest motherfucker in the game, right? So, yes, he's going for it. And what starts off as a tiny little trickle 
turns into one of the fucking reddest masks of blood I've ever seen. Dude, this guy fucking bleeds, man. And that that's when Kevin Kelly mentions what you mentioned to me in a message, the Muda scale. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, oh, the Muda scale is how much does he bleed? You got it, yes. Yeah. And I thought this match was awesome, amazing back and forth. This makes me want to, um, you know, almost makes me want to get the WWE Network so I can – type in some of their dub 1989 late 80s WCW matches to check that shit out. But um, I'm sure I've got a friend who's got the network. You don't need to hear this. Yeah, it's, just, anyway. it's on Daily Motion, I bet. You could probably find them all. <laughs> yeah. But this this match was awesome. It's about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, it's got all the great flair shit that I like. And, yeah, so it's uh, – and then there's a, a mood assault and, yep, the great mood pins rick flair for the one two three uh, awesome stuff though i wonder why they didn't have the entrances uh, i'm pretty sure rick flair's uh, entrance theme is in the public domain because it's like old it classical is. bullshit yeah is it old classical bullshit no yeah, it's, it's, it's 2001 a, whatever yeah, it's a classical song most people know yeah. it is the 2001 <laughs> space odyssey theme but it's it, it's, it's a surely, classical piece it's surely new japan has the rights to use keiji muda it doesn't matter anyway the match was fucking incredible i loved it it felt like a lost gem of rick flair's that i hadn't really seen before because i've seen a lot of his 90s work um so yeah great stuff what do you think i love this this is awesome it it yeah so first of all okay so why is rick flair there well you know, we're going to talk about it's a G1. <laughs> well, yeah, but why isn't why was he invited to be in the G1? Because there's this working relationship at this time between WCW and New Japan. And this is when, you know, you got guys like um, Muda and people like that going to uh, WCW. You get a lot of wrestlers from New Japan going there and vice versa or vice versa. Excuse me. And it is it's a good working relationship. They both get something out of it. And it's fucking awesome. So that's I mean, Flair, they get Flair. You know what I mean? That's fantastic. And so Flair's in the in the G1, and he's there to put Muda over, and that is what he fucking does. So Hell. it's like Muda's great in this match, right? And his special move is bleeding. You know, at this time, and this kind of all started in 1990. He has this match. It's on the list, everybody. We're gonna get to it eventually. We kind of have something special planned for this, but uh, he has this match in 1990 with Hiroshi Hase. And it is like the biggest bloodbath of all time. And that's when the Muda scale was invented. And that's kind of the idea is like that's the top of the Muda scale. This is, you know, kind of a uh, eight or nine on the Muda scale. It's not not ten. And, uh, you know, because he can bleed even more than this, believe it or not. But, man, he bleeds so much and it adds a ton to the match. Blood is awesome when it's used properly. This is it used properly. And interesting thing about flair's work in this match is that he is much more respectful and understated than he usually would be he's yeah he is there to it's just like we talked man's a pro yeah well he's there to win an athletic competition he's not there to get heat he's not there you know and he's there well he's you know in in kayfabe he's there to win a comp the competition but in real he's there to put Muda over. She's not going to do anything that makes Muda look bad. And so all he does is make Muda look good, and he fucking bumps around like a maniac and sells his ass off as he usually does, and then Muda takes his turn just selling his fucking ass off, and he starts bleeding, and it's just... The crowd is losing their mind. I mean, I can't express to you 
in this match and in the next match how hot these crowds are. These crowds are oh, fucking... Insane. I mean, every drop of blood they are losing their mind over. It's amazing. And, um, you know, Flair takes over during the heat section, builds to a big comeback, and Muda starts bleeding there. And then he cuts him off during the comeback because he's fucking Flair. And they build to another comeback. It's a classic Flair match in a Japanese style. I love it. And I was thinking to myself, yeah. Luke, when is the last time I watched a Ric Flair match? And I know... I'm sitting here, and I we've already recommended another WCW match earlier in the show, but I have another match I'd like to recommend. Um, it is from it's the last uh, last Flair match I watched, and it is such a it's like you know how they say like oh well you get two different styles together and you make something new. Well, this is two of the exact same style wrestlers. It's um it's from Halloween Havoc. It's uh, Babyface Ric Flair versus NWO Kurt Hennig. And no one does offense. It's just guys bumping. <laughs> it's it's amazing. They try to kill each what other. Ninety-seven. Like, yes, it's fantastic. Highly recommend that. Uh, that match is awesome, and it's hard to find. I'm sorry, it's not on. It's not on YouTube, but it's fantastic. So watch that if you got the network. But don't give WWE money. So uh, anyway, I love this match. Thank you for recommending it. I even sent it to a, to a few friends because I was like, hey, we're covering this for the show, but you need to watch this. It's fucking awesome. Uh, it was so good. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an easy mark for Flair. Uh, I used to be an easy mark for Charlotte Flair, but she talks too much. And I know that's an awful thing to say in regards to a woman. So, But what I mean by that, <laughs> please don't yell at me, uh, by talk too much is like she's in the other wrestler's ear. Call on spots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ready? You, you, see, you see Ric Flair do that with Keiji Muto? Never. I never saw Ric Flair call spots. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think she's regressed uh, as, a, as a wrestler. Maybe isn't as confident as she used to be. I don't know what it she is. She sucks when she's not wrestling Becky Lynch. That's what's going on. She wrestled Becky Lynch and, like, made it to the top. You know, and then where's Becky Lynch? Well, no one there to wrestle her anymore. And, and so, uh, you know, I I mean, that ladder match or whatever that they had, it, I don't remember what the pay-per-view was. It was fucking amazing. And it's when she's in there with the people that will make her look good. I think something very interesting about um, the Joshi wrestlers that have come in, you know, they had uh, Kyrie Sane come in, and they have, uh, you know, uh, Kana come in. They have all these other uh, Joshi wrestlers who wrestled one of the most brutal styles in Japan and rarely got hurt. And then they come to WWE, and Charlotte Flair is throwing them into tables when they're knocked the fuck out. And it's just, I don't know that she has the respect for wrestling that some people do, and the rest respect for her opponent. That's my opinion on on Charlotte. Yeah, Um you go back like on SWF a year or two ago and I'm emailing in going, I don't understand all this, all this dislike for Charlotte now. Yeah, I totally get it. Uh, and I think maybe, maybe it was just like, I really loved Ric Flair. So I really wanted to like Charlotte too, but it doesn't matter. It's neither here nor there, man. <laughs> you chose another fucking banger. And uh, I want to hear you talk about it. Go for it. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to make this quick, but this a is shit. a really interesting <laughs> match, all right? This match is so interesting. So my my recommendation from last week was, uh, let's see, from April 18th, 1985 from Ryugoku, because that's the only place wrestling can happen in Japan. And it's Antonio Inoki, Antonio Inoki versus Bruiser Brody, okay? 
Bruiser Brody is, he exudes um, confidence. He exudes, he is a charismatic motherfucker. He glows with an aura to me. And he is a star. He's also shrouded in mystery. Okay. And let me, let me tell you a little bit about some of the stuff that I found out. All right. So this match to me is more about the story behind it than the actual match and the story of Bruiser Brody in, in Japan. Um, so all Japan had Brody as their like giant evil foreigner top heel. And that's like a position used to be a position in Japanese companies. Like they all wanted that, like Andre, the giant guy, or they all wanted the, you know, uh, Vader, for example, is another guy that filled that spot, right? Stan Hansen's yeah. another guy who's had that spot. And Brody would tag with a young Stan Hansen in, in all Japan, kind of prepping him to take over that spot one day. However, Brody didn't think it would be as soon as it was. So all Japan had Brody under contract. Um, and, uh, he had them as their fire, their giant heel. And, you know, it's interesting because um, basically Stan Hansen poisoned the well. Now, this is one story. And what it is is that um, Inoki offered uh, Brody a huge payday, $16,000 is what they said, to come in and do a couple matches in, in New Japan. And uh, Brody accepted. Now, that's this is one version of the story, okay? So mm -hmm. this version and this version, um, Stan Hansen gets in Brody's uh, ear and says that, listen, you know, because, you know, you've been in all Japan and you're kind of like a rival to New Japan, they're going to fuck you. And what he means is that they're going to hurt him in the ring or they're going to screw him. Right. And we all know what a screw job means in, in um, you know, yeah. in, in uh, wrestling. So that's what. Uh, Brody was worried about in this version of the story. And, you know, it makes sense because Hansen came up in all Japan and he, and, and the leader, you know, the guy who runs all Japan at this time is giant Baba. And, you know, so he's loyal to Baba and Inoki hates Baba, right? That's a long rivalry. So it's interesting, um, to note that, that Brody was, um, he was also tagging with, um, oh no, he was the, okay, I'm sorry. This is confusing. So Brody was like the dragon that the future, um, kind of like leader of uh, the future top guy in all Japan, who would be Jumbo Saruta that got that. He got passed down from giant Baba to be the next kind of big guy. And he's the one who finally beat Brody in all Japan. The point is mm -hmm. though, is that Brody, um, he held the title for a year. He loses it to Giant Baba. He goes to New Japan, and he thinks that he's getting screwed. He's over there with Jimmy Snuka, too. And so Jimmy Snuka and him no-showed the finals of the IWGP Tag Tourney because they thought they were going to get screwed. All right? That's one version of the story. All right? Here's another version. Another version is that uh, Brody left because he got in a shoot fight with the New Japan uh, wrestling president, Seiji Sakaguchi, and saw this as a sign that he was going to get screwed, right? Another version said that Brody had to leave all Japan because New Japan made a deal with WCCW in Texas, Fritz von Erichs, or, or the von Erichs uh, owned that place, and, or, and, and so Fritz von Erich ordered Brody to go to New Japan. It, no one knows! <laughs> and so... You know, of course, Brody was then murdered, all right? And so we don't know the truth of any of this, you know? And and maybe it's out there and I just haven't researched enough, but I found three different stories from reputable sources of this, and, and it's interesting. So but was to break this up a little bit, why don't you tell me about what you thought of the match, and then I'll kind of I'll wrap it up because I got a couple more things to say about it.
All right. Keep this in your mind. I really like this match. And now, because it's going to sound like I'm down just a little bit, but like this is the first uh, Bruiser Brody match I've ever seen. He's different too. It's he's very different than these the Vader and the other guys. You see? Oh yeah. Uh, Charity saw him and thought he looked like. Do you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? I have watched that. Yeah, it's a funny show. All right. Do you know? I can't remember his name, but he's got a. Is is he's got a big hair and a big beard, uh, and he plays this crazy cop named Pimento. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, so stay with me here. Me. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here. All right, cool. I will. Because I, I I can't I I can't. Remember his real name? He's a character actor, but is it Jason Sudeikis? Is it him? Matzukas or something oh, like J- that? Jason Manzukas, that's his name. Yeah, yeah. He's not a big dude, by the way, but uh yes, he, he has crazy. Yeah, hair. I sent you that Google searchy thing on your on your Facebook. But yeah, you know who I mean. Charity said uh it looked like him and uh that made me chuckle. Uh made me uh, you know, Bruiser Brody might look like him if uh, uh the guy from Brooklyn nine nine was like six foot five or something he's huge yeah bruiser brody's a massive dude and so this is my first brody match it's like my second or third anoki match geez i'm a shitty new japan fan but uh i think what got me invested into this match wasn't so much the wrestling no offense to both men but crowd oh my god they're insane they were mega fucking hot insane to the point of if they rolled into the ring, the crowd went nuts. I can't even hear the count. I don't even know what number they're up to. I can't hear it. And the crowds were the crowd super lava. A little a little sloppy in places, and that's that's fine. Or, or or just maybe a little different or old and I don't watch a lot of old wrestling that much. So, you know, it felt like that to we to me, but I really got in – so I, I'm watching this. I'm thinking, all right, okay, it's an old-style wrestling match. But I really got it right into it. I couldn't – like them beating each other up, I just got into that. Like Anoki's kicking the shit out of his leg and Brody's leg's bleeding all over the place. <laughs> and there's a pile driver by Brody to the outside and there's a double count out. And I was like, oh, of course. Of course there's a double count out two big titans from other other companies and stuff. I didn't even know this story you just told me, by the way. Of course there'd be a double count out. to keep them both strong. But, um, I, yeah, I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would, considering uh, the year and, and, and uh, the style of, but uh, it's fucking great stuff. The atmosphere of this match is crazy. It's off the charts, you know. And so, you know, there's many times in this match where the crowd is chanting in unison, in no key, to the point where, like you said, you can't hear anything that's going on. All you can hear is the crowd. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and, and the style of match is it's a brawling match, but they throw in tons of pro wrestling moves. So, and, and when I said that Brody's different than guys like Vader, Brody works. He doesn't just punch dudes. You know, I love Stan Hansen. I love Vader. Don't get me wrong. But they are like 
you know, shooting in there in some respects, you know, they're actually making contact and stuff. And Brody doesn't do that. Brody is like, looks way safer. You know, he's actually working his punches. He's not just slamming into the dude. Now he is working with the, with the fucking owner of the company, of course, too. Of course. You know, that may have something to do with it, but he, he's like, he's more of a pro wrestler in my opinion than those guys are like fighters, you know? And so what they do is they work up to these high spots and, it's brawling, brawling a few moves, and then they work up to these high spots where they're trying to jump off the top rope. And it and it's it's just perfect, easy pro wrestling in a Japanese style where they're going up the hill, down the hill, up the hill, down the hill, which is what pro wrestling in Japan does. And there's a really funny spot that where Antonio Noki, he's got uh Brody down on the outside, he climbs to the top rope, and he ain't fucking jumping off the top rope to the floor. So the ref stops him. <laughs> Yeah, he's, like, he's not doing that, you know, so the ref stops him and he has to like kind of like get around the ref's arm and then he jumps from the apron. So he's not going to kill himself, which is fucking great. Um, there's a chump bump in this, too. And <laughs> I, I thought that was funny. And and like you said, it's an interesting um, dynamic, too, because um, Anoki has an arm injury and he is being held back by the young lions at the beginning of the match, because he's trying to go after Brody because they, they unfortunately cut out the entrance, but Brody's entrance. Why don't you tell us about Brody's entrance, Luke? (laughs) All right. You, you sent me a clip of this, by the way. And, uh, this is a clip of the entrance to the match. We watched, if you watch it on new Japan world, it just goes straight to the match, but it was, uh, well, a literal whipping into a frenzy. Because Brody's walking down with his, well, I don't know if it was a big rope a or something like it's a that. Chain. Chain. And he's swinging it around. He doesn't give a shit. It looks like it's hitting people in the crowd and stuff. He's just going nuts, <laughs> whip, literally whipping them into a frenzy and shit. And I was like, oh, holy fuck. <laughs> it's, it's, we've talked about this before with the Vader stuff is that it's like Godzilla running around in, you know, in the, Tokyo. That's what it's like. And it's, it's yeah. so neat. And it's so part of that culture that it, they play into it. Now, you know, we always talk about Iska, you know, uh, from New Japan and he would do this stuff, but it was a joke. You know, it was fun. This is no fucking joke. Like, he's going to hit you with the chain if you don't get out of the way. And so, like people fucking hated Brody. I mean, they hated it. Like he just hit my wife with a chain, beat his ass. Okay. <laughs> I could kill that guy. <laughs> so Sorry, it's amazing. Joke. And, uh, I'm so glad that we got to work this in. There is another one on new Japan world. Um, the blow off, I guess, uh, before Brody, uh, took off and, uh, we'll get to that one eventually, but I'm going to give us a, a breather this week. I got a fun one to recommend, but, uh, I, I I love that. I thought we had awesome recommends this week, and I ended up I, this week I ended up watching a bunch of other matches because I watched these. They inspire me to watch other stuff, and that's that's the best match. The match that makes you want to watch more matches, you know. Damn straight. Now we'll we'll do our recommends for, for I don't know if it's for the next show or the show after. Yeah, the next show, we man. Do the for sure. Why not? It's fine. Yeah, we don't have that many shows to cover. We we'll can skim through Strong and can't focus on the U.S. title match. Then we'll do the two main shows, and then we got to recommend. Yeah, yeah, I do don't want to no talk problem. about Strong. I want to talk about the U.S. title match. I mean, yeah. Kinda. So I'm watching Flair versus uh, Keiji Mudo, and Lee says there's probably a whole bunch of wrestlers on you on NJ, NJPW World that you don't even know is on there, like 
uh, Steve Austin. And I'm like, what the fuck you say? <laughs> I type in Steve Austin. And sure enough, uh, unfortunately, there's only one match on there. But it's from 1992. And it's a NWA World Heavyweight Championship match. It's Masahiro Chono versus Steve Austin. And I was like, oh, fuck <laughs> Yes, please. That'll be great. <laughs> That'll be fantastic because that's that's Chono in his prime, and I'm assuming he's NWA champion. I would assume, and um, Austin's in to do the job probably to Chono. But man, this is stunning, Steve Austin. And if you've never seen stunning Steve Austin, he was a tremendous wrestler. I mean, like, man, he's good. He was so good before before he started to get injured and had to like slow his his. Uh, paced down a little bit and was more of a character. This was him in his prime as a tremendous wrestler. Good stuff. Yeah. So I have not seen much pre um, WWF Austin. Oh man. He's great. You're going to love him, man. Yeah. So uh, I, I can't wait. Uh, yet but i just assume it's got china and austin it's going to be like watchable oh it'll be great well you know yeah. i've actually watched the matches that i'm recommending so um just to mm-hmm. throw that out there, you know you're, oh, you're i'm saying good charity i'm doing that for you that was for you so uh, <laughs> anyway <laughs> so uh well my recommend for the following week and and i wanted to do something that was high work rate and fun and this one's been on the back burner for a while and it's one that i love for one particular spot and I think that AEW fans in particular will like this match because this is one of the precursors to pretty much everything you see in AEW with tag matches. Um, this match is from the Tokyo Dome. It is Wrestle Kingdom 11 on June 4th, 2017. It is the second match. It's an IWGP Junior Tag Championship match. It's the Young Bucks versus Rapongi Vice. And um, this is tremendous... And you'll notice, you'll be like, hey, Beretta, that's Trent Beretta. And why is he stealing all of the moves and stuff that he does with, uh, with um, you know, uh, sexy Chucky e. T? And that's because he did it with Rocky first. So, um, yeah, this is good stuff. And there is a spot in this match. And it will happen. And you'll go, that's the spot he was talking about. And there's a fucking amazing spot. I will never forget. It's one of my favorite things ever. Me and Lexus Montez. I, I made a video of that in my car and we were recording the old podcast and we stopped it so we could laugh at that spot over just for like five minutes. So it's laughing. It's fucking great. So highly recommend that. That'll be fun to talk about next week. And it's an easy watch compared to anything else we've been doing, even though I love these old school matches. You know, some fans may not like this old school stuff. This they will love. People's mileage might may vary. Um, it's a little- yeah, uh, well, that, like I didn't think I'd get into that old school match between um, Inoki and Brody, but by the end of it, I was just like, "Fuck, this is great stuff." <laughs> I just want to see what happens next. Dude, yeah, they brawl to the back, and it's a great finish. Yeah, <laughs> you're like happy about it. So yeah, <laughs> so weird. I'm actually yeah, and this gets helps me get to know Inoki a little more as well. The the founder himself, so cool shit. He's got a lot of good things and a lot of bad things about him, just like most wrestling promoters. So we'll get into those. Uh, we, we haven't talked I, about I think Inoki. I've seen his worst match. Oh, 
don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you haven't, you know. Uh, Wait, we, you don't think two hours rolling in the grass is fucking his worst match? Uh, we, we've, there's, there's some, there's some stinkers out <laughs> there, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, how are we doing? I think we're, uh, man, we've reached, <laughs> man, we found a way to fucking fill in time anyway. <laughs> not a problem for us, yeah. No. But uh, in Gator, we trust. Lance Storm Rattail. 